song. Y'all singing well this morning. Must have had enough turkey and dressing and, and uh, ham and all those kind of things. And so I have a malfunction going on right here. But anyway, well, we are looking forward to the new year and what God may have for us in 2024. Can y'all believe that already? I don't ever remember thinking about I'd be here in 2024. I know I've not made it yet, but uh, it's just hard to believe. And thinking about time and thinking about as you sit back and look at where you are. I remember the 70s. I remember the 80s. I remember the 90s. I remember the 2000s. And uh, now we're in the 2023. Uh, time is moving. Uh, it moves fast. It goes quick. As you look back and you look at your life and you say, what have I done? Where have I been? And where is all that I made? What's going on? And so it gets pretty uh, frightening when you start looking at where you are and where you've been and what you've accomplished. I want to think about being a Christian here this morning. And, uh, you know, being a Christian... Mom, you want, the t- you want the kids to go out? Okay. All right. Go ahead and go out. If you're four, or four to seven years old, uh, you are, uh, Miss Joyce would like for you to go out to Children's Church. So if you're four to seven. Wait for the cousin. That's my A manner right there, man. He didn't went out the door. All right. So in the thought of, of what I want to preach this morning is that the thing about being a Christian, many times it's a lot of things are mentioned about the belief aspect of it, about being an unbeliever, then you become a believer. And uh, that's important. And, uh, and we'll mention that this morning. Uh, But there's more to Christianity than just believing. There's more to just say, I believe in Jesus. And then you kind of do your thing or live your life or kind of just go about your day. But that's not the Christianity of the Bible. I feel like that many folks who have this mindset that all I have to do is believe to be a Christian is just wrong. That does, the Bible doesn't teach that. There's a full, complete uh, fulfillment of what Christianity is. And it's right here in 1 Thessalonians. I began the message last Sunday morning. I want to finish it this morning. But I want to do it from a different point of view. Last Sunday morning we talked about what Paul was thankful for. And then here today I want to also, with that same thought, but in addition to that, I want us to understand the complete salvation. And if you're not complete, then you're incomplete. Now, I don't want anybody here thinking that because you believe something that you are Christian. But that's not true. Uh, believing is living. Believing is living. Brother Charles just got through reading uh, in Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, he spoke about the very first verse of that of chapter 5 says this, Be ye followers of God as dear children, right? 
And if you read through that same passage he just read a while ago, it says this word, walk. It says in verse 2, as you walk in love. And he goes on down in the scripture, speaks of another walk. He says, walk in light. And then it speaks of another walk, walk in circumspectly. We find that Christianity is just not a verb of a believe. But Christianity is greater than that. Now with that thought, let's stand to our feet here this morning and let's read again 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and we'll begin in verse 2. I want to preach this morning, not only being thankful for, but I want to preach on the complete Christian. The complete Christian. We find in verse 2, Paul says, We give thanks to God always for you, for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and much assurance, as you know what manner of men you were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, far from the sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, for how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it was in truth the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you this morning, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you for our Sunday school hour. Thank you for uh, the singing that we've already sung. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of the Word of God. Thank you for the gathering of your people. Thank you this morning we're able to come and hear God's Word and sing the songs and pray. And now we come to the point of the service today, Lord. I ask you to open our eyes and our hearts that we may understand it more clearly. Father, I believe there's great confusion, dear God, in our lives, in our world, even our churches today concerning this thing called salvation. God, being a Christian, being born again. God, I ask you, God, to maybe clear it up this morning. God, make it real clear for us so that we may see what the Bible has to say about being complete in Christ. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So last Sunday morning we began with this point. I'll start with this again and go quickly. But in order for you to become a Christian, you're going to have to believe. And we find this morning that Paul was giving thanks unto God because they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. The church of Thessalonica uh, did that. 
And you say, well, where's that even said? Well, look in verse 1. It says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians. So Paul was speaking to the church. He says to the church, I want to thank God that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But then Paul, he takes it a little further. In order for you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to have to hear the gospel. He says that in verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. For as you know what manner of men you were among you for your sake. He spoke of this being preached, uh, the word of God, the gospel. You've got to hear it in order for you to be saved. And they heard it, but it was preached in the power of God. It was preached, number two, in the Holy Ghost. And number three, it was preached by the Word of God. We see that in verse 13. He says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God, which you heard of us. And so there's a hearing of the gospel. And when you hear the word, hear the gospel, it's because it was preached unto you with power in the Holy Ghost, and it was preached the Word of God. Number two, he spoke of not only hearing the gospel, but in order for you to believe, you're going to have to receive the truth of the gospel. We've seen that in verse 13. The Bible says, When you receive the Word of God, which you have heard of us, you received it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God. And so it's receiving the truth. That's what this being saved this morning all means, is receiving truth, receiving the Word of God. And the Word of God, to receive it, you must take it as the Word of God being truth. As the Word of God is being preached to you, you take it. That word also receive means join. I take the truth of God and I join it with me. I take the word of God and I make it me. I take the word of God, I receive it, but it's not something on the outside that now comes on the inside. It's now we become one. We're joined together. The truth of God. Talking about receiving it. That also means to commit to the word of God, commit to the truth. And so as you hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and you receive it, it becomes you. It becomes in you. It's a join to you. You're committed to it. It's committed to you. And this is what receiving means this morning. And thirdly, we notice that in believing in Jesus. So you hear the gospel, you receive the truth, but then you believe in Jesus. In second, second chapter of Thessalonians, verse 13, the last portion of that scripture says, but as it is in the truth, the word of God, which effectively worketh all also in you that believe. And so as you hear the gospel, the truth is received, but at the same time, the reason why that you can believe in Jesus is because the word of God is effectively working in you. You see, it's not you coming up with some belief. It's not you making this decision and choice. It's not you going forth in your furtherance of the gospel. It's you taking the word of God and the word of God in you is working in you and now you believe in Jesus. And so it's all what God is doing and what God has done. And so we find by believing in Jesus. And lastly, we preached last Sunday morning by turning to God. And so you hear the gospel, you receive the truth, you believe in Jesus, and then you turn to God. And the Bible teaches that in verse 9. 
He says this, he says, you turn to God from idols to serve the living God. Speaking of turning to God, it's repentance here. Repenting by turning from idols. You repent by turning to God and you repent by turning yourself over. You say, what do you mean? Well, in verse 9 it says that you're going to turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. That word serve there means voluntarily. It means to humbly and joyfully and voluntarily I'm going to place myself as a servant, as a slave, and I'm going to serve the God in whom I turn to and the idols that I turn from are no longer my masters. They no longer have authority over me. They no longer have jurisdiction in my life. And now I am laying down my heart and life towards Jesus, towards God, and I am turning unto Him. And the Bible says in verse 2 or verse 3, it says that this is what it means to serve the living and true God. I talked about a working faith in verse 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. It's a working faith. And so when you do get saved, when you do believe in Jesus, and when you do turn from your idols and turn to God, and you do receive the truth, and you do hear the gospel, you'll find that you become a servant unto the true and only holy God, and being a servant, you'll have a working faith. And your life is not a dead faith. It's not an inactive faith. It's not a faith that comes on sometimes and sometimes it don't. No, it is a working faith. Number two, it's a laboring of love. It's a laboring love. It's going to be something that works in love. Love will come forth. Love will come out. You'll become a loving person. You'll become a lovable. You'll become in love in the others. You'll become even loving of your enemies. You'll find that this laboring of love is being extended through you from God that's in you. And so there is a working faith. There's a laboring love. There is an there enduring hope. In verse 3, the Bible teaches, and that's what it means to serve the living and true God. And Paul says, you know what, Church of Thessalonians, I just want to thank God for you. I'm telling you, that's something to be thanking God for. I wonder this morning, would God be thankful for you in the way of just believing in the Lord Jesus Christ? But the story's not over. Because this morning you believe in Jesus and because this morning you know you're going to heaven when you die and this morning you call yourself a Christian and this morning we're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's more. And this is not optional. Somehow, I don't know if I even have the words to say it or even have the thought to explain it this morning, but just believing what I just said, if you truly do believe in just what I said or what Paul said, uh, you will move as well to this next point. Somehow, some way, we kind of just cut it off right here. And we just kind of say, okay, I believe, and I heard the gospel, I received the truth. I believed in Jesus, I turned from my idols, I turned to God, and now I'm serving the living and true God. And somehow it just kind of ends there. But the Bible teaches there's more. And the next one is this this morning. It's the verse 6, it says, He's thanking God for them because they became followers of the Lord. Now you're talking about, Brother Charles, that the passage you read this morning out of chapter 5 of Ephesians fitting right here. 
it fit just perfectly. Amen. He talked about that last week when he read that scripture and what I preached kind of fit together. Here this morning again it says in verse 6, and, and. In other words, this ain't something optional. This ain't something you can add to it. This ain't something that you can do whenever you feel like it. This is what's part of being saved. This is what it means to be born again. What does it mean? It means in verse 6, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Three things I notice takes place when you get saved. Number one, friend, because you are followers of the Lord, you're changed of a lifestyle. The Bible says in verse, in verse 6, you became followers of us and of the Lord. And when you get become a follower of the Lord, friend, this morning, your lifestyle changes. I mean, Fred, you, you can't do and be what you used to be. Uh, you can't act like you used to act. Uh, you're going to make changes in your life. You're going to lay down the substances. You're going to lay down the books. You're going to lay down the movies. You're going to lay down the, the song. You're going to lay down the, the wickedness of your heart. You're going to lay down the worldliness. You're going to lay down the carnality, the fleshliness, friend. You're going to find yourself in a total different world. Your mind's going to be different. Your heart will be different. Your life will be different. Your friends will be different. What you taste is different. What you think is different. All that you ever had before in the will and desire is different now. You say, well, what happened to me? You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's what happened to you. And when you get born again, you become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. He changes your lifestyle. And that's just the way that it goes. If you don't want your lifestyle changed, don't get saved. Right. Hey, listen, you say, well, you make it sound like I have to come to church. And I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I have to come to church. Right. Amen. I ain't got no choice. I have to come tonight. Yeah. I have to come Wednesday night. Right. You say, yeah, because you're the preacher. But I haven't always been the preacher. No. There's been there years where I wasn't a preacher. But friend, whenever I got born again, I became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if I didn't think that when I went to the house of God, the Lord Jesus Christ wasn't there, I wouldn't go. But if I feel like the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be preached about, he'll be sung about, he'll be exalted and magnified and lifted up, friend. I want to follow him where he's at, amen. I want to go where he wants to go. He wants, I want to do what he wants me to do. You know why? Because I've been born again. I'm a follower of Christ. My walk has changed. I'm walking in the light now. I'm walking today according to the scripture. Walking circumspectly today. I find myself, friend, walking different than I walked before. Why do you do that? Because I had a lifestyle change. Amen. Yeah. So be followers of Christ. Amen. And that's what happens. And Paul was saying to the church of Thessalonica, thank God for you that when you got born again, you became a follower of Christ and your lifestyle's different. I mean, it's not the same. You don't even act the same. You're a weirdo now. You're strange. I mean, you're different. I mean, I've seen before husbands get saved and the wives don't even like the husbands no more. They got too saved. 
I mean, I've seen some husbands and wives and friends. I, I see sometimes children getting saved and born again and coming home to the house of God, coming to their house and telling mom and daddy about Jesus and about being saved and repenting of their sins. And they look at their children and say, don't talk like that no more. You done really got saved, didn't you? And friend, we just find today that when you get born again, you get changed. That's right. So that's being missed today in Christianity. I seen today, I don't not today, I guess it was this morning, I was looking at the news this morning, and I seen this uh, Dak Prescott. He's the quarterback for the, Cal- for the Dallas Cowboys. Y'all know about this guy? Anyway, he's a big shot down in Dallas. So he's not married, but now his girlfriend is pregnant. And so they're, they're, they're interviewing him, and he's saying, yeah, I want to thank God uh, for how he's blessed my home and how he's blessed my family now. And his, it's a girlfriend living with him in this big million-dollar house. And he's giving God the praise and giving God the glory, telling God he don't make mistakes, he don't make accidents. And she said, yes, I'm so blessed by God to have old Dak, you know, to live in this old house. And I'm about to puke, right? Because here they're living in fornication. Here they are not married and having sex together. And I'm thinking, man, where is God in all that? And the next thing you know, you read another guy, another guy, another guy, another girl. And Fred, they're living in sin. They have, there's another one said, I always put my faith above everything. And there's a picture of him and a girlfriend with nothing hardly on. And I'm thinking, how in the world can the world think today that you can live like that and God is in it? It's messed up. And it messed up at the pulpit. Because preachers won't preach no more against these things because they won't have a church very long. Right? I mean, Finn, I'm just telling you that there is something else besides believing and it is following Jesus. Following Him. Following Christ. Number two, I noticed that not only they followed with a change of lifestyle, but they had a change of mindset. The Bible says that in verse 6, it says, And you became followers of us. Of us. Paul saying of the church. Of us. We the church. And can I just say, when you get saved, you become a follower of the church? The follower of a church. What's the church going to be doing tonight? Come to church. Are you a follower of the church? You're following the church. <laughs> Here you know, at 5 o'clock today, we're going to have prayer meeting right around here. You know what the church is going to do? We're going to have prayer meeting. You know what the church is going to do? We ought to follow. Right. Yeah. We go on visitation at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. What's the church doing that Saturday morning? We're going on visitation. What's the church ought to do? Follow. I'm just saying this morning, Fred, it's just something just to be saved and you're like a long ranger. You're out there like doing your own thing, living your own Christian life, and living up for God. You say, you know what? I'm following Jesus, but I'm not following the church. You can't do that this morning and be right with God. He said, be followers of us and of the Lord. Fred, we come in a package. Man, you get the whole thing. We're a bundle. Amen. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to follow the church. 
And you're going to be where the church is at. Hey, we got a fellowship in December. It's going to be a Christmas fellowship. I guess I think it's on the 16th, I think it is. It's going to be a Saturday at 6 o'clock. What will the church be in a Saturday at 6 o'clock? What will the church be doing? They'll be out here in this fellowship hall, open up presents and eating and drinking and, and having a good time, talking with everyone. Having What you be doing? Huh. I'm a follower of the church. We'll see. You know, people say this all the time. I can't go to church because I have to work. I can't go to church because I have to go to a birthday party. I can't go to church because I have to go to an old friend's house. You know what? Wouldn't it be good to God to say this? You know what? I can't work extra overtime because I got to go to church. I can't go to the party because I got to go to church. I can't go to, over here to a friend's house because I got to go to church. I can't stay home because I got to go to church. Friend, what's wrong with that? Amen. Amen. Following the church. Following Christ. That's a Christian. That's a Christian. You say, Brother Larry, we just had Thanksgiving, man. We had a good time. You know, everything was good and grand. You come to church on Sunday morning, here you go. I understand. I feel the same way you do. But I'm sick and tired of people telling me at work, outside of work, in my own family, that they're Christian uh-huh. and they're not following the church and they're not following Christ. That's right. You're not a Christian. Not. You're not one. Number three, following the Holy Ghost. That same scripture, verse six, following the Holy Ghost. Fred, if you're going to be saved this morning, there's three things you're going to follow. Jesus, the church, and the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you right now, when the church is having church, the Holy Ghost ain't going to tell you, stay home and watch the football game. Whenever your family's in there having devotion, but you just don't want to have it this day. You just don't think you need to go in there. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost of God ain't going to tell you, hey, don't go in there with your family and have a devotion. But the Holy Ghost of God do that. Would the Holy Ghost of God tell you this morning when tithe come by and you made $1,000 this week and you got a $20 bill in your wallet and so you pull out a $20 bill and you're supposed to give $100 because that's a tenth. The Bible says tithe belongs unto the Lord and you throw out $10 and put it in the plate and act like you did God a favor. And friend, did the Holy Ghost of God tell you that? No. Or would the Holy Ghost of God tell you what the Word of God says? I'm just saying this morning, what what is it to be a Christian? To be a follower of the Holy Ghost. To find out in the morning and at night when you lay your head down, oh, Holy Ghost of God, where will you direct me in the morning? Holy Ghost of God, what will you instruct me to do? Holy Ghost of God, and comforting me and aiding me. Holy Ghost of God, giving me what I need to know, what I need to do. That I may follow Jesus and I may follow the church, friend. Listen, nowhere in the Bible does it tell you to follow you, but to follow Jesus, follow the church, and follow the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about what a Christian is today. I'm not talking about following your wife, following your husband. Many of us follow our children. I'm not talking about following the government. I'm not talking about following Biden. I'm not talking about following, friend, of the workplace. Man, they have no authority over you. They have no 
authority over you. I'm telling you, friend, the government and your workplace and all that we have in our home don't have authority over you. The Lord Jesus has authority. Amen. And we got to come to the place that says, who am I going to follow? Who am I going to follow today? Am I going to follow Jesus? Am I going to follow the church? Am I going to follow the Holy Ghost? Am I going to follow my stomach? No. Oh, I'm going to follow my money. I'm going to follow my billfold. I'm going to follow what I feel like. I'm going to follow my sleepy head. I'm going to follow my tiredness. I'm going to follow, follow what? Jesus. And we find today in Christianity, people are following everybody and everything but Christ, the church, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Aren't you glad Paul lays it out? I'm glad this morning that I know now to be a Christian, I'm going to have to be one who's going to be a believer of Jesus, but also a follower. I'm not one. Is that right? I mean, you can put it like this, and you say, brother, I just want to make one more point on this, because sometimes I feel like I don't get across. If they tell you, you go get a job, and you fill out an application, let's use Beasley Tire, for example. You go get Beasley Tire, you fill out an application, and they say, okay, we have a tire tech open, and what does that include? Well, that includes you come to Beasley Tire, and then when big trucks show up, and they need a flat, or they need a new tire, uh, we'll bring you the tire, you dismount that tire, you put that tire back on that wheel, you put it back on the truck, and you torque it at a certain degree so that that torque will keep that lug nut on that wheel so that wheel won't come off. So that's your job. Okay, fine, no problem. So you show up and we bring you the tire and you leave the tire off the wheel. And you say, well, man, uh, what's the problem? Well, that, that you're, you're not a tire tech. See, a tire tech, you come to, you come to work you dismount the tire, you mount the new tire on the wheel, and then you take the wheel and the tire and put it back on the truck. You've got to do all of that. Then you become a tire tech. You don't get to choose. You say, I'm going to be a tire tech, and I'm going to dismount the tire, and I'm not going to mount the tire back on the wheel, and I'm a tire tech. And we're going to pay you for that? No. Then why do you think as a Christian today you can believe in Jesus but not follow him? Why do you think today that you can put faith in Jesus Christ and not follow the church? What makes you think that you don't have to follow the Holy Ghost? I'm just saying today that there's a lot of misconception, misinformation, disinformation. That's a popular words. Number three. I notice that there, or number four, I'm sorry, there's a change of your purpose. Look at verse seven. You became followers of the Lord. It changed your lifestyle, your mindset, your countenance. But I want you to notice your purpose in verse seven. So, that word so is connecting to verse six. You know, since you follow now the church and you follow the Holy Ghost and you follow the Lord, so that ye are in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Now I want you to notice what happens now. Now your purpose has changed. You're not an in-sample to the lost. Does it say that? No. You're in-samples to those that believe. Right. 
So now, I'm not talking about the world watching you. I'm not talking about the lost watching you. I'm not talking about the heathen or the pagan watching you or even the religious watching you. But now you have a change of a purpose and you become in samples to all that believe. You say, brother, you you telling me once I get saved, I have a responsibility to all those that believe? Yes. In other words, they have the right to watch me? Yeah. Wasn't that judging? Well, if you want to cop out like that, that's okay. But according to the scripture, you are followers, and now all of a sudden, because you are followers, now you become an in-sample. To all that believe. So we can come to church and when you walk in, I can watch you and tell me what a Christian looks like. I can go to your work and watch you from the sideline while you're out there at work. Listen to the conversations you have with your guys and with the girls. And I can watch you work out there whether you, whether you steal a couple hours a day because they pay you eight hours a day. But you only work six hours a day because the other two hours you're talking about the, you're talking about the rockets. You're talking about the Texans. And you're talking about fishing. You're talking about hunting. And you're talking about, they're not paying you to talk about any of that stuff. They're paying you to do a job. What's yours? A thief. in your home what you're doing and watching in the dark hey I'm asking you this morning you're an end sample to everyone who believes I'm talking about true Christianity this morning we got eyes all over us and those who believe are looking and watching because, see, they became an example as well. But what does that mean, though? This is what it means. That word example means a stamp. Mm-hmm. A stamp for believers. I got a stamp in my office. I got a thousand uh, tracks that we need to stamp with our name on it. It says Glory Baptist Church. It gives our address, gives our website, gives our phone number. And we got to stamp a thousand of them. So I take that stamp and go like that on each one. You know what? Every one of those thousand tracks eventually will have the same stamp. So every one of us today are in samples as the same stamp. If you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, we should make the same mark. How can we be different when we're the same? We have the same God. We have the same Spirit. We have the same Jesus. We got the same book. We were saved by the same blood. Uh We have to be in samples. Stamp. That word not only means stamp this morning, but it also means, uh, it has that same connotation. It means shape. It means statue. It means sample. Like fashion or figure or form or style. Uh, It has the same thought pattern, print. And so every time and all times when that stamp prints on those tracks, uh, it won't be different uh, whenever, if you get one of the thousand or you get two of the thousand, but all the thousand will be the same. And that's what Christians must be today. We cannot go out these doors or inside these doors and somebody watch Brother Cat and someone watch Sister Mary and they live different lives. Right. That brings confusion. Yes, it does. 
That, that makes the gospel anemic. That brings salvation to friend, to how you think it ought to be. Every one of us should live the same life. Following the same Christ. Following the same church. On the same Holy Ghost. And when the world looks at us, it will be just something like over and over and over. When you've seen one, you've seen them all. Now am I saying we all ought to color our hair like mom does? No. You think her hair is that color? No. Do you think we all ought to have a beard? No. Like Jay? No. Think all of us today ought to comb their hair back like mine? I got a half a head of hair. <laughs> Do we all have to wear the same clothes and wear the same glasses and put on all this? I mean, no, I'm not talking about that at all. But friends, sometimes people start thinking, well, I guess I got to be like everybody else. I'm talking about being like Jesus. You should be like Jesus. I should follow Jesus. You should follow Jesus. We follow the church. We follow the Holy Ghost of God. We become examples, forms and fashions and patterns and styles so the whole, the whole church today would know what the church is. Right, Amen. So I'm just saying, this thing about Christianity is not just hopping on the horse. It's I'm going to heaven when I die and then live like a heathen. Go to church when you want to. Read your Bible when you please. Give your tithes. You can shortcut God. You can rob God. You can be a God robber if you want to. And walk out of here with a smile on your face. And you can go buy some fajitas down at Papa Cedars. Because you don't rob God of $80. But you can go down to Papa Cedars and feed your family. And walk out with a full stomach. Go home, go home and lay down. And enjoy the evening. For that's not what a Christian is. A Christian today is a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, but a Christian today is a follower. They become end samples. Man, anybody today ought to know what a Christian is or be anybody in this room. Let me ask you something today. If everybody who calls themselves a Christian in your home reads the Bible when you read it and pray when you pray, and come to church when you come to church. And live for God when you live for God. How would your home be? How would it be? I'm just saying. If everybody in this church would take your pattern of life. When you come to church. When you give tithes. When you give the missions, when you pray, when you read your Bible, when you go out and witness, and everybody follows you because you're the end sample, would this church be here in a year? Would we have anything going on? Would we have to shut down Sunday night? Wednesday night, we just have to close the doors. If everybody's going to follow after you, now, those in here, we come on Sunday morning, Sunday night. We pray, we read our Bible, we give our tithes and offerings, and we are being in samples. And we wish everybody will follow us. Amen. Is that true? Yes. I believe with all my heart now I'm not perfect, and I, I, I fall and stumble just like you do. I'm flesh as flesh is. I've got battles and fights and, and, and wars within me as you do. 
But as much as I can and as much as I do, friend, when it talks about coming to things about the Word of God in prayer and living for God and living right, doing right, and uh, giving my tithes, my offerings and missions and, and uh, being what I should be, friend, I'll try very hard, very, very much on top of my mind on how I behave and how I act and my conduct, friend. And I'm saying to do, this ought to be the mindset of all of us. Watch me. I'm the great example of what a Christian is. Is that true? I'm just saying. The Bible teaches us because you believed in Jesus, and secondly, because you became a follower of Jesus. Thirdly, the Bible says you became a blaster. I use that word blast because of the word sound out. Blaster out of the word of the Lord. It says that there in that verse, in verse 8, far from you sounded out. Sounded out the word of the Lord. Not only in your location, but also in Achaia. Also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. And what he's saying is this, is when you believed in Jesus, you became a follower. And when you became a follower, now you are just sounding out. I mean, your faith everywhere you go is spread. The word sound out means spread. I mean, you can't go nowhere unless somebody knows you're a Christian. I mean, you get around your family, somebody's going to know you're a Christian there. When you get to work, Somebody's going to know you're Christian. Wherever you get to go with friends and neighbors and things of that nature, they're going to know you're Christian. Because your faith is sounding out. I mean, it's just, it's spreading out. It's standing up. It's speaking out. And Fred, they're going to know who you are. They're going to know whom you are. They're going to know why you are. I'm talking about Christianity. Christianity, you cannot go with your friends down there drinking and cussing and watching the Texans while you don't go to church on Sunday night and be Christian. No, sir. no way. Because if you were Christian, when you get to your friend's house while they're drinking beer and eating their barbecue and watching the Texans and you're talking about Jesus to them, you say, let me tell you how to get born again. Let me tell you how to get your sins forgiven. Let me tell you how to go to heaven. They're going to ask you, would you go to church? At work, while they're telling dirty jokes and you're laughing. And while they're up there, Fred, uh, demeaning the boss man and, and putting down the company and, and throwing everybody under the bus, and you're saying, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But if you was Christian, you'd say to them, listen, friend, God gave you a job. God gave you a bill to do the job. And the owner of this business has given you opportunity to make money. Won't you stop putting him down and throwing the, throwing the company under the bus? And won't you begin to pray for, the, pray for the owner, pray for the owners, and thank God for what you got? You know what they're going to ask you to do? Just remove yourself from our presence. You see, when you start sounding out, your faith, friend, starts to stand out and stand up and begins to shout out. Hey, friend, listen, you ain't got to tell them to get out of your sight. They're going to tell you to get out of yours, out of theirs. Is that true? I'm talking about Christianity this morning. If you think all you got to do is just believe, you're mistaken. You say, what else I got to do? Well, when you believe, 
you'll follow. And when you follow, you'll sound out. You'll be no secret agent for Jesus. You will have spiritual mouth, uh, mouth, uh, oh, my soul. Lockjaw, you won't have spiritual lockjaw. Right? Even the very presence of you showing up. Right. By you just being there, they're going to say, man, there's something different about that individual. Uh-huh. Am I right? Boy, you pray and get God upon you. You get in God's word and that light comes upon you. And Fred, you get Jesus in your heart. You begin to follow after him. There's going to be an aroma the Bible teaches of. A sweet Savior that's going to come forth out of you. There's going to be a light about you. There's going to be something about you that they're going to say, man, there's something different about this girl, about this guy. And you're going to bring uncomfortableness around people. Talking about Christianity. And what happens is today, folks don't have that. And that's why they can mingle in. And that's why you can stay with your same old friends doing the same old thing. Because really you're not anybody. Because you just really believe in your mind and not in your heart. Here lastly, I want you to notice because of a beholding of the Lord Jesus. Verse 10. See, a Christian today is one who believes in Jesus, follows Jesus, the church, and the Spirit. They're ones that will begin to blast out of all the world about being Christian. Not ashamed at all, but lastly and fourthly, to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. I want you to notice number one, everyone in here that is really truly born again, you're waiting for His return. You're waiting for His return. That That word there, to wait, means to stay and remain and dwell. You're waiting for His return. I want to stay right here serving Jesus till Jesus comes. I'm going to dwell right here. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep on serving Jesus. I'm going to keep on living for Christ. Until when? Till He returns. See, my eyes upon the beholding of His return. But because my eyes is on His return, it controls my stability here. It puts me on sound footing. I don't have to wonder what I'm going to do tomorrow. My eyes are on Him. And I'm just going to stay right here. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep living. I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep loving. You say, well, what if everybody around you just leaves you? Well, then I'm going to keep on going. What if people make fun of you? I just keep on going. Don't you ever get tired? Don't you ever get weary? Don't you ever get like, you know, aren't you tired of living this Christian life? Every morning you got to get up and pray and read your Bible. Then you got to go out there and be somebody. All the eyes are upon you. Don't you get tired of people looking at you and saying little small, little small remarks? Don't you, don't you ever get like weary that Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night you come to church, you can't do nothing during the week because you got Monday and Tuesday you can do something. Got you got to be back to church on Wednesday. Boy, right in the middle of the week. <laughs> and then Thursday and Friday you can do something, but you got to get back on Saturday. Hey, me being a preacher, I put five or six hours in every message I preach. Friend, there's only so many hours in the day. 
And friend, for me to go out somewhere and to stay somewhere for a little length of time and come back and preach to you on Sunday morning, Sunday night, would be almost never. If I'm going to get tired of it, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. Wait for his return. Just going to stay. Just wait. I ain't going to jump ship. I'm not going to move on down the road. I'm not going to change Bibles. I'm not going to change my belief. I'm not going to be an independent fundamental Baptist. I'm going to stick with the old King James. Stay with the old hymns. Amen. Stick with Glory Baptist Church. Uh, we're just going to keep going. Waiting on His return. Number two, resting in His resurrection. The Bible says, And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead. Oh, my beholding is resting in Jesus' resurrection. I'm telling you, Fred, that's what keeps you going. He's alive this morning. Fred, he's real this morning. He's coming back someday. Fred, I can got hope of maybe uh, next week, maybe the whole world is collapsing. Maybe I, I, I got some kind of expectation, maybe for the year before it's out, all economics go down. Hey, there may be a war in Taiwan. There may be a bigger war in Ukraine. There may be even something bigger in Israel. There may be something starting up in Germany. Maybe in America today. There might be a bomb or two coming our way. What are you going to do, Brother Larry? I'm going to rest in his resurrection. Amen. Listen, friend, I can't control none of that. Can you? I can't control of diseases, I can't control of finances, I can't control economics, I can't control politics, I can't control church, I can't control anything. So, how do you keep your sanity? Rest in the resurrection. Jesus arose. He's living today. No matter what man may say, where does he live? He lives in my heart. How does he live in your heart? He resurrected. I'm telling you today, I'm talking about Christianity. I'm talking about being real. I'm talking about being the real thing. Resting in the resurrection. Waiting for the return. Here thirdly and lastly, holding to his rescue. The Bible says in verse 10, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Delivered us. That's past tense. You know what, Fred? If you're real and you really believed in Jesus and you're really a follower of Jesus in the church and the Holy Ghost of God and you're really a blaster for the faith and you're really beholding of His return, Fred, you can honestly say here this morning without any worries, without any doubts, without any expectations at all that I have been delivered from the wrath to come. I got two thoughts on this. Number one, the wrath to come. That's telling me in the future there's coming a wrath. Something down the pike. Something in the road map. Something is going to take place here soon. The wrath of God. Boy, that kind of scares me. That kind of puts a fear in my heart. What will that mean? 
Will that mean rationing? Will that mean economic chaos? Will that mean that all of us have to live in the same place together? Will that mean we've got to get maybe just water and some bread? Is it going because we can't have any electricity? We ain't got no gas to run our cars. Uh, what does all that mean? The wrath. The oh, but there's something else that goes beyond that. I've been delivered. Rescued. But listen, I got a Jesus today that has already handled all that coming my way. Amen. I don't have to worry today. I don't have to go for, try to figure out what I'm going to do. Now, if y'all going to be like Brother Keith, though. <laughs> Brother Keith is a survivalist. Uh-huh. That guy, it, it doesn't matter. He's like, he's like a caveman. <laughs> he likes shorts, no shirt, and no shoes. <laughs> that guy walks on fire. He walks on rocks. He walks on sticker burrs. Man, listen, nothing hurt the bottom of his calloused feet. <laughs> At the same time, he's got things buried. He's got things put up. He's got things hidden. He's got things anywhere and everywhere he goes. He's got it going on. He's got a gun everywhere. He's got some food everywhere. He's got a way to drink clean water everywhere. He's got a way to make a fire everywhere. So if something goes down, find Keith Griffith. <laughs> I'm telling you. Now, it's okay to do all that. But just remember, we've been delivered Amen. from the wrath Hallelujah. to come. Glory to God. If that's hell, delivered. If that's the tribulation period, delivered. If that's the lake of fire, delivered. If that's something happening on this earth, he said, I'll feed you, I'll clothe you, and I'll house you. Did he not say that in Matthew chapter 6? Amen. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, friend, to be a Christian is that we're not out here in the world chewing our nails, looking at our bank account. Checking out 401s, looking at, the, looking at what's going on in the stock market, checking about what's going to happen, what's going on, looking at you got about 16 TVs in your house. You got every media on, and you're watching it all. You know all that's going on, man, because you want to be ready. You're, you're a nervous wreck. Right. You're wasting a lot of energy. Just get saved, and we'll be delivered from all that. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. I'm telling you, I'm so glad. I'm a Christian. Amen. I hope that you are too. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Boys, Paul had a lot to thank, lot to thank the Lord for, didn't he? That church of Thessalonica, I want to be like that. I got a long way to go, though. God's still working on me. You ever feel like a, you ever feel like a construction site? I mean, he just keeps on working. It's kind of like working out the, down there on 59 and 45. I've been here 61 years. Ever since I remember there was somebody working on that street. I don't think they ever get done. And I believe I'm the same way. I'm just a construction site. I got the old carpenter working on me. How about you this morning? Are you real? Are you real?
If you're not saved this morning, won't you come get saved? You sing, Brother George. You sing, you come get saved this morning. I want to be real. I haven't even thought about Jesus' coming. It haven't entered my mind. I don't even think about that during the day, about Jesus coming. I don't know when last time I even thought that His return is soon. Yet the Bible says that Christians are waiting on it. Waiting on it. It's part of our lives. It's what we do. Thank you, Lord. I pray we're all real. Everybody knows Christ. Follow her. Follow her. Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word today. Brother George, my brother, will you dismiss us here this morning? Just over yonder, beyond the river, there is a city of pure delight, where many loved ones are congregating with robes of victory in purest white. Just over yonder, there'll be no heartache. Just over
Oh! 